0: Don't get any ideas, Mr. Bond. to We can do whatever we want. Nothing matters. Hello and welcome to episode forty-nine of the Complete Works, season three—a deep dive into the career and films of actor Michelle Yeoh. My name is Mike Smith, and joining me on this journey into the Yeohverse is my friend, co-host, and fellow psychopath, Mike. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing just grand, recovered from COVID. We're 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 alive, baby. Yes, you made it through, and uh, now we get to talk about this movie. <laughs> Yes, my (laughs) punishment for surviving. (laughs) The light of the end of your COVID tunnel (laughs) was the movie we're talking about today. I waited till
1: I tested negative before I watched this movie. I was like, I got to be not delirious before I hit play on (laughs) this movie. Maybe that last episode I proclaimed
0: will become my personality. Right. Yeah. uh, Last week you did say this will be like your thing going forward. Like you're going to be the guy who likes this movie um yeah no, d- tbd yeah uh okay I was, uh, I was gonna say do you think that came to pass but uh, we'll, we'll find out in a, in a few minutes uh today we are talking about a movie that really lingered in various stages of development hell for a number of years uh a movie that at some point somebody must have taken a look and thought i don't know are we really sure this is a good idea <laughs> like somebody at some point right you would think you're like oh we're
1: still doing this and somebody looked at them and said,
0: yes, <laughs> dear God, we must, uh, <laughs> because you see, uh, throughout the two thousands, uh, there had been a trend of Westernizing Asian films. Uh, and this included the J horror remake boom with movies like the ring and the grudge. It also included anime adaptations like a uh, dragon ball evolution and speed racer and the last airbender. Uh, Last Airbender, not really like a Japanese anime, but, you know, anime inspired, you know, all all that kind of stuff. Uh, So Yair Landau, who was the co-founder and chief of Sony Pictures Animation, was inspired by this trend of westernizing Asian films and thought, I can do this in reverse. I can take (laughs) a Western (laughs) and give it an Asian spin. We're still an American studio. (laughs) You know what? I feel like you're thinking about it. Yeah. (laughs) Don't think about it. Right. Yeah. There there was not a lot of thought that uh, went into this. So, yeah, he took a Western film, gave it an Asian spin, and he felt he had the perfect film to do it with. Mel Brooks's Blazing Saddles.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If there's any movie screaming out for a samurai version, Blazing Saddles.
0: (laughs) I mean, and honestly... I could maybe see a version that is just, oh, this is the Samurai Blazing Saddles, like how you have, you know, Yo Jimbo and a Fistful of Dollars or something like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, what I can't see is like a kid friendly remake of, no. of, of that, you know, uh, Blazing Saddles, of course, a classic Mel Brooks comedy from 1974 that is pretty R rated uh, known for its. <laughs> yeah yeah uh, to put it lightly right I guess <laughs> I mean, so yeah uh known for its satirical take on race which includes a lot of characters frequently saying the n-word you know the perfect movie to remake as an animated movie aimed at kids which is what today's movie is <laughs>
1: in the year 2023
0: yes uh, Two? well, 22 when is out? when it came out uh, Got it. <laughs> but yeah so the film was first announced in 2014 uh, what? Un- under the title Blazing Samurai. And uh, production began. But over the years, uh, funding kept falling through. uh, Companies kept shutting down. Other companies ended up joining in and footing the bill. And as a result, the film has three credited directors who all worked on it at different points and seven credited screenwriters. Although five of those screenwriters are just the screenwriters of Blazing Saddles, who I think had to legally um, be be credited for the movie. (laughs) Uh, So in the end, A lot of the film's animation and some of its voice recordings uh, were done remotely during COVID, and eight years after being announced, the film finally got released under a new title and a new marketing campaign, which pretty much tried to hide any connection the film had to Blazing Saddles. Uh, And since Michelle Yeoh is in it, we've got to talk about it. It is time for Paws of Fury, The Legend of Hank. (laughs)
1: Yo, what's up? It's me, Samuel L. Jackson. I play a samurai cat in the new animated theatrical film, Paws of Fury, The Legend of Hank. Meow. That means roll it. Why do you want to be a samurai? I lived in a bad part of town full of bad dogs. Everybody always picked on me. I thought if I could be a Samurai, it would change everything. Sounds like you need a mentor. Perhaps a once great Samurai who has fallen on
0: hard times and maybe could use some help himself. But where can I find one?
1: Get out of here. Who even made that? It's you. Don't believe everything you read. arrest You wanted to be a samurai. Fun, isn't it? Now go get him! Oh! Get back out oh my. When you come up on let me sure you cut him in. I've gotta make the samurai thing work, huh? Wait, this is the training montage, isn't it? Sometimes you need a friend Nope
0: Wanna see you win Don't
1: forget to land on your Feet Gonna be focus, focus, Focusing I, I, on me Wait until
0: I enter And think the destination's all I wanna see Gonna miss oh. we gotta wipe that town off the map Send
1: a tweet to assemble the troops <laughs> Who knew an evil army could go through so many beams?
0: <laughs> what the mother, father, cock spaniels going on here?
1: Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank. Time to finish this.
0: This might take a while. Now, most of the film's characters have direct analogs to characters from Blazing Saddles. However, Michelle Yeoh plays an original character. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So we got that. So we got that, I guess. Uh, She plays Yuki, the mother to Emiko. Uh, Emiko is a Persian cat who wants to be a samurai and who helps Hank on his journey. Emiko, kind of a real character in the movie. Yuki, I think Michelle Yeoh has like five lines, something like that.
1: Yeah, and there's a bunch of times where Yuki's on screen with no lines. Yes. You're like, oh, okay, (laughs) sure. Uh,
0: So the film's main character, Hank, is a dog who has elected the town's new samurai, and he's voiced by Michael Cera. Uh, He's based on Sheriff Bart from Blazing Saddles. Jimbo, who becomes Hank's mentor, is voiced by Samuel L. Jackson, and he, of course, is based on the Waco Kid. Uh, Ricky Gervais plays Ikachu, the landlord trying to get rid of the town, based on Hedley Lamar. Uh, Mel Brooks essentially plays the same character he does in Blazing Saddles, uh, this time as Shogun Toshi. He was the governor in the original movie. Yes. Uh, and so I've, the fact that Mel Brooks is in this is like, huh, oh, there's at least some kind of stamp of approval from Mel Brooks on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Presumably, yeah. Um, the thing is, Mel Brooks is like 92 years old. I'm not sure how aware he was that this movie existed. <laughs> He's pretty sharp when you see him in interviews and stuff. <laughs> That's true. That that is very true. I gotta give him credit for that. Um, so yeah, it's just a weird a weird thing that this happened. He might have just been like, Yeah, this sounds fun. I'll do it. I <laughs> Yeah, Paycheck, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh George Decay is in this movie playing Oga, uh Ikachu's henchman, who is based on Taggart, uh, from the original movie. And uh, yes, they do get George Decay to say, oh my, uh Twice, I believe. A bunch of times, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Jimin Hunsu uh, plays Sumo, uh, the movie's equivalent to Mongo. Uh, and then also comedians Asif Manvi and Gabriel Iglesias play Ichiro and Chuck, uh, two towns cats in the town. And I believe outside of Emiko and Michelle Yo, I think they're the only p- townspeople with speaking roles. I think it's just like those couple of people, and the rest of them are just like yeah they're silent cats they're just
1: rabble (laughs) when they do talk it's just like additional voices exactly yes
0: so the film was written by ed stone and nate hopper uh though all five screenwriters of blazing saddles Uh, mel brooks norman steinberg andrew bergman richard pryor and alan uger uh, all get a writing credit as well which is weird because richard pryor died in 2005 uh, so just like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just almost 20 years later there's a new richard pryor movie out uh and the film has three credited directors chris bailey who left the project to be the showrunner on scooby-doo and guess who a wise right. choice i think <laughs> um, good for him uh, mark cozier a former animator for dreamworks and rob minkoff the director of the lion king who could forget the
1: beloved lion
0: king yeah the original lion king oh. uh, <laughs> i <laughs> you thought know. you meant the live action no, no, of course. I'm talking about the original Lion King. John Favreau directed the live action one. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, live action in quotation marks. Um, no, yeah. Rob Minkoff directed the original Lion King. He also directed Stuart Little. Also, weirdly, uh, The Forbidden Kingdom with Jackie Chan and Jet Li.
1: <laughs> Whoa.
0: Interesting. Um, But yeah, Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank, he came on board and he kind of helped bring the project to completion. Uh, The film opened on July 15th, 2022, where it debuted at sixth place at the box office. Uh, Also opening that weekend were Where the Crawdads Sing, uh, which I saw in theaters and thought was bad. (laughs) I did not like it. And Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, which I have not seen, but I have heard is pretty fun. I've heard it's pretty delightful. Okay, never even heard of it. Oh, well, Mrs. Harris, she went to Paris. Good for Uh, her. Oh, exactly. Also in the top 10. We stand. Also in the top <laughs> 10 that weekend. <laughs> You're right. We have no choice but to stand. <laughs> we have no choice but to stand. Mrs. Harris on her trip to Paris. Also in the top 10 that weekend uh, were Thor Love and Thunder at number one. Uh, Minions, The Rise of Gru at number two in its third week of the box office, uh, which, hey, we talked about that last week. Minions uh, just don't miss. Uh, exactly. Uh, top Gun Maverick still in there. Elvis, The Black Phone, Jurassic World Dominion and Lightyear. Uh, everything Ever All at Once now down at number 12 in its 17th week at the box office. Still performing pretty strongly. Uh, the IMDb plot synopsis for Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank reads, Hank, a lovable dog with a head full of dreams about becoming a samurai, sets off in search of his destiny. Uh, so Mike D, going into Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank, uh, I know you were aware that this was a Blazing Saddles remake, right? Uh, but I had heard that, yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, I had also heard that. I was actually like vaguely aware of this movie's existence for years. Like, And when it got uh, released as pause of fury. Cause I, I knew it as blazing samurai. And, right. uh, I actually want, I want to explain why I knew about this movie existing. Uh, so Michael Sarah has been attached to this movie from like day one er, early on. Like he was cast yeah. in the movie in like 2017 or something like that, whatever it was. Uh, and for many, many years. And, uh, Kyle, producer Kyle. Um, I say producer, editor Kyle, whatever. Colin's our producer. Kyle is the guy who actually produces the podcast, though. For many, many years, whenever I would be around Kyle or his friends, uh, they all discovered that I had the uncanny ability to basically play uh, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, but with Michael Sarah. Amazing. So I, I could, like, if they named an actor, I could link them back to Michael Sarah in Six Moves or Less. And that was something I was, like, pretty good at doing. And in order to stay on top of it, I studied Michael Sarah's Wikipedia page pretty... Uh, <laughs> Pretty what a <laughs> wild bit
1: to understand to link to this podcast,
0: <laughs> uh, but so as a result, I was like aware of uh the existence of Blazing Samurai, uh, or pause of Fury Legend of hank because it would become to be known, so I knew that it existed. I, cl- I remember clicking on that uh, Wikipedia link one day and being like, they're making an animated kids' movie based on Blazing Samurai. <laughs> It's like, it's like, what? Uh, which has always been, like, part of the movie's, like, pitch. It's like, yeah, it's Blazing Saddles, but for kids, it's about a dog who goes into a town full of cats. Like, crazy. Almost immediately, this was like, this seems ill-advised. This seems... <laughs> Seems like a weird idea, but OK. Uh, so I was aware of it years ago and then kind of forgot about it. And then it sort of just got dumped quietly into theaters in the summer of 2022 under a different name. And at some point, I like made the connection being like, wait a minute, this is that movie that uh, Michael Cera was in, that, you know, all that stuff. And now it's out. of uh, Fury: the Legend of Hank. Uh, so you were aware that it was a Blazing Saddles thing.
1: Yes. Yeah. I remember if, if you listen back to our, uh, I guess everything everywhere all at once episode, this was the era where Mike D was back in the movies in a big way. Yes. So I was going to theaters. I was seeing movies. I was seeing trailers famously unsullied. I avoid trailers outside of theaters. Um, So I'm not a freak. I'm not going to stand in the hallway and wait for the trailers to end.
0: Um, Unsullied up to a
1: point. Uh, Up to a point. Um, So I saw this trailer a bunch of times and I don't really Really? remember what it was before. Like it's obviously not playing before X. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, because I I don't think I ever saw the trailer for this movie. Um, I saw it a couple times. uh, Yeah. And I don't know. So that was sort of where I was like, I kind of secretly want this to be my personality. Right. That's the origin of that. It was like, I want this, this bizarre movie Maybe like, you know, in competition with minions, like in the in the zeitgeist or in my brain. Yeah. Um, and somehow I heard maybe just talking to you about it or whatever. I was like, oh, yeah, it's a Blazing Saddles remake. And I'm like, okay, p- sure. Whatever, weirdo. <laughs> you're, you're pulling my leg. <laughs> yeah, sure. Whatever you say, freak. Um, and, uh, and then you read the plot synopsis or whatever, and I'm like, okay, it's the basic idea. This outsider is elected to be the protector of this town. And they're all against him because he's different. They learn their lesson. Yeah, I guess that's Blazing Saddles. Like, whatever. And then the movie starts, and it starts with a song called Blazing Samurai, which is hilarious (laughs) that that's the old (laughs) title of the movie. And they were like, we're out of money. We can't redo the song. Yeah. Um, So it starts with the song Blazing Samurai. And I'm like, oh, it's just because Blazing Saddles starts with a song called Blazing Saddles. Yes, it does. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, interesting. Okay. So we're just sort of acknowledging it. And then... As the opening of the movie goes on, and they're just like doing dialogue from Blazing Saddles. And I'm like, holy shit, this is an actual sh- like remake. This is a Shopper Shot remake almost, Chopper <laughs> Shot <Shot-for-shot laughs> remake of Blazing Saddles. And as the pause of Fury, Legend of Hank progresses, they're doing more and more of the movie. And I'm like, they're not going to, they can't possibly be doing, oh my God, they're doing this scene? Like what? Yeah. And then just like every time it happened, you know, the, the beans and the farts are like, yeah, of course that makes it right. That sure. Yeah. The kid, kids have farts. That makes sense. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Uh, but doing other scenes where they're just replacing uh, the N word with the word a dog, you're yeah. like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> what nightmare <laughs> have I walked into? Um, and on top of that, it's not that funny uh so that's even worse so yeah i mean this is not gonna be my personality uh unfortunately okay um, <laughs> other than maybe just like proselytizing about this movie actually being a remake of blazing saddles because i like i did not expect that i thought it would just be the basic idea mel brooks is in it wink wink we're we're a blazing saddles uh yeah. remake you know um but no for them to actually be doing scenes with you know the funny executioner uh and like all that stuff and ricky jure sounding a little too close to russell brand uh for my comfort sure. after all of the uh you know the the news um so that was strange but then um yeah like fourth wall breaks like literally that scene with the funny executioner where it's a uh ikachu and he's like how how do i solve this thing what do i do Why am I asking you? And he's like looking at the camera like that's
0: that's a literal (laughs) bit. That's just the
1: scene from Blazing Saddles. That's just the scene. You just animated over it. Um, (laughs) And then we're off to the races from there with just doing straight up scenes uh, for Blazing Saddles. So, yeah, I mean, it's a a wild experience to watch it for that, um, but I don't think it's really worth anything else. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, so I rewatched *Blazing Saddles* right before I watched this movie. Oh my god! Uh, so like you watched the same movie twice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, here's the th- so because. Uh, we've talked about this in the past. Uh, we A couple years ago, on my go to the movies. We did a Let's Rank Mel Brooks movies. Um, yes. Because you and I are both big fans of Mel Brooks. Love Mel Brooks. Love a lot of his comedies. Yeah. Uh, and as much as I've always liked Blazing Saddles, it was never like one of my Mel Brooks movies. Yeah. Uh, like I had seen it like two or three times. I like it a lot. Um, but like Young Frankenstein is my Mel Brooks movie. Spaceballs mm-hmm. is one of mine. History of the World Part One is one of mine. And Blazing Saddles, I had seen a couple of times, liked it, but it was just it never like... Ingratiated itself into my consciousness the way other Mel Brooks movies had. Yeah, uh, and so I was like, you know what? I have the Mel Brooks collection. I have Blazing Saddles on Blu Ray. I think the last time I watched it was with you, um, like five or six years ago. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like after a beer fest, we all got together and watched Blazing Saddles. That's right, uh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think that was the last time I had seen it. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, I, I should probably watch Blazing Saddles to refresh my memory and to kind of compare and contrast Paws of Fury as a remake of Blazing Saddles. And yeah. It it very much is just like straight up shot for shot, taking like entire scenes and beats and stuff that would be completely inappropriate for kids, but changing it so it like is just the word dog instead. I mean, the <laughs> move, but like Pause of Fury is also like it doesn't shy away from being like a racism metaphor. No, uh, you know, there, there's a scene where um, Michael, the dog, Hank, Michael Sarah, is like arrested and is like thrown against a cop car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, he's here illegally, right? And like, yes. this whole thing, it's crazy. Um, and then it's also just weird, like, you know, obviously, like, the the change here is that, uh, you know, Sheriff Bard is a black man who gets elected sheriff uh, of a white town, uh, and the white town doesn't accept him. Uh, and here, it's a dog who is elected the samurai of this town full of cats, and the cats don't accept the dog. Um, but meanwhile, you do have a, a white actor playing the dog, and then a black actor playing the Waco kid. And everything's <laughs> just like, it's topsy-turvy. <laughs> just like what is going on yeah samuel jackson as the
1: waco kid aka jimbo which they say that in minute six or whatever and they wait to minute 85 to say yo jimbo just like <laughs> oh my god um but his performance is fine but you could tell like literally just like sonically you're like he's recording this at his house this is during yes. covid there's echo <laughs> in this fucking mo- like in the the voiceover um, and I think there's a couple people that have that, like you mentioned, but, uh, most notably because Jimbo, uh, has a lot of dialogue. He's one of the, you know, the, the co-lead, yeah. uh, you can definitely tell like, oh boy, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. this is some guy, you
0: know, doesn't have a recording studio in his house. Why would he, uh, yeah. having to record his dialogue that way? Pretty much. Yeah. And it, it also just watching it. I think it creates a weird thing because Blazing Saddles. It's it's weird that this was the choice to animate for a kids movie, right? Because Blazing Saddles hard R rated, like it's it's very inappropriate for children. Yeah, Uh, you know, I like you know, I watched it when I was like ten or eleven or whatever. But like you know, that's how you're supposed to watch it. Like what it's it's supposed to be sort of like like oh, I shouldn't be watching this kind of thing. Like that that should be that should be the feeling for Blazing Saddles. But I think the weirder thing is that you know, yes, it's it's a weird movie to do, but also like if you're just gonna do like the plot of Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles isn't a movie that's, like, known for its plots. The plot exists (laughs) to, like function to create a wide variety of wacky jokes right like that's that's what the plot of blazing saddles is it is is the most threadbare like it's not a real western it is but it's like it's a it's a wacky comedy first and foremost
1: (laughs) it's a western that devolves into a literal pie fight in this movie studio cafeteria
0: right (laughs) (laughs) you know like what are we doing (laughs) yeah and and so i think it's a weird choice to adapt this movie specifically not only because of all the all the you know the race stuff and the hard r stuff that goes into blazing saddles but also just like it's not a plot driven movie like it's no it's a plot that i think you can lift from other stuff uh or whatever but it's just it's a it's a weird choice (laughs) it's a weird choice and especially because they don't go all the way with
1: the (laughs) with the the concept of it like you know i i was wondering is this movie gonna because they break the fourth wall, right? Like he says, what am I asking you for? Uh, there's a couple other things yeah. where they like have the the black bar, two people on the phone, and they like cross the thing to pass each other stuff. Yes. Um, which is very funny. And I was like, are they going to do the pie fight? Like, is it going to devolve into the, like spill out into Hollywood? <laughs> I was <laughs>
0: almost picturing like a version of this movie that like jumped over into other studios, like other properties, like other animated films or something like that.
1: Yeah. And they, they do like a wink at it which only makes sense if you know that it's a Blazing Saddles remake at the (laughs) very end when uh, Sumo goes out and around the the black bar, like the split screen thing. Yeah, and like jumps into the next set or whatever, right? Well, no, he falls into a movie theater and then gets back up and and goes like into the other side of the black black bar thing. So like that makes no sense if you don't know that this is like, like if you're a kid, like, I mean, I guess it's just silly, but it's just the weirdest thing he falls into the movie theater and they react like the end of King Kong and they're just like, ah! Like crazy. Um, And then he goes back to the movie and that never comes up again so it's just the strangest just the strangest choice and i guess it makes sense that there's three directors and it was in development hell and like you can kind of feel that a little bit it's a little more coherent than you might expect from that backstory but like i'm surprised this isn't an alan smithy
0: film (laughs) at a certain point yeah it's also a movie that just like um it tries to ring like genuine emotion out of its plots like it it tries to go for like you know real emotional beats uh which blazing saddles i think it, like on the rewatch it's like slightly more heartwarming than i remember it being just i think the friendship between um clevon little and Gene wilder the like uh, yeah. sheriff Bart and the waco kid like you know their ending is like kind of sweet where they ride off it's like uh where are you going nowhere special always wanted to go there and they ride off together great love it terrific uh He's that's all that pop, movie needs eating the popcorn and the, the, the thing <laughs> yes exactly and that's all that movie needs uh and then there's moments in this movie that like t- take bits from blazing saddles that are like you know quick, funny, comedic bits and turn them into, like, very long scenes. Um, And I think the the scene that I'm thinking of is the Mongo scene uh, or sumo in this movie. Uh, So in in Blazing Saddles, (laughs) when Mongo shows up, uh, you know, there's, you know, Terror among the townspeople. Everyone's freaking out. Sheriff Bart does a candy gram bit uh, where (laughs) he's funny. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Literally, he walks in, does like candy gram from Mongo. And, uh, you know, he opens it. It's a bomb. Uh, He it blows up and Sheriff Bart walks away. And the Looney Tunes theme plays like bam. <laughs> and that's it that's how he defeats mongo it takes 10 seconds <laughs> yeah, yeah and in this movie the the mongo equivalent scene uh, where he's fighting sumo uh is like a big elaborate action set piece uh with michael Sarah and sam jackson uh and it's just man, watching it i was like man uh when i watched this in blazing saddles it was over five minutes ago
1: <laughs> yeah i mean and, it's, and even that scene the attention to the detail of the stuff they're taking out of Blazing Saddle, like having him, he's not riding a bull, he's riding like a big, a feral hog thing, and it says like my other hog is a Harley, like yes. having the bumper sticker on the back of a thing, him punching the horses, and then even when he's fighting the townsfolk in, in the in the saloon, he's got them all pinned up against the wall behind the piano, just like Mongo has in Blazing <laughs> yeah. Saddle, like what is going on,
0: am I like going insane, <laughs> like, like, they can't keep getting away with things. It. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. And uh, by watching it, I was, like, when I started, I was like, I, I knew going in that, like, the screenwriters of Blazing Saddles were credited for the movie. I didn't know that, yeah. Um, but afterwards, I was like, I think they legally had to be. Like, I think it's like, just, it wholesale plagiarism whole if it wasn't.
1: And then Sumo becomes part of the crew, which I guess Mongo does. Yeah. Uh, in the
0: first one. Or yes. Also also, like- get, also gets his line, or uh, riff on the Mongo line, Sumo is only prawn in Ocean of Light. (laughs)
1: i think i tuned that out i don't even remember that at all (laughs) because mongo is only pawned in game of life is just Subo. i don't know all of it is just so it feels so
0: ill-advised i think is really yeah uh yeah and then there's also just stuff where it just feels off i mean they they cut out madeline khan's entire character which makes sense like i get it (laughs) like like, i get that um or there was like a kid-friendly version of it (laughs) the yeah the the wild
1: west uh sex worker uh, aid is my living on schnitzengruben baby yeah. um <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, you know it's a great movie blazing saddles, blazing saddles. <laughs> if they it's if this movie had worked in excuse me while
0: i whip this out i think i would have forgiven everything <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> Um, and that, when Mel Brooks's character shows up and he is playing the same. He plays the governor in Blazing Saddles and he plays the shogun here. Yeah. Uh, and the entire time I'm watching his scene, I'm thinking to myself and, you know, kids don't have this baggage, I guess, because they probably haven't seen Blazing Saddles. But like I'm thinking to myself, like this scene in Blazing Saddles is mostly like him trying to grope his secretary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like he's just, supposed uh... to be hiding behind the curtain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, should he can't get the pen back in the thing? Think of your secretary, clink, and he gets yeah. it right. Uh <laughs> Chef's kiss. Um, that and give these to the boys in lieu of pay is one of the fun uh, when he hands out the paddle <laughs> You know what, Blake, you said. Blazing Saddles, great movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, he's basically just doing the same thing uh, in this movie where he's re- he's reading the like news thing and he's like, oh my God, he like stands up to make a proclamation and yes. you know, his pants don't fall down in uh, this one. But basically, and then it even ends with him doing the, it's good to be the shogun. <laughs>
0: yeah, which <laughs> from is from a different movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from history of the world. I just want to watch Mel Brooks' movies. Fuck this movie. Yeah. yeah uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, it was nice to hear Mel Brooks' voice. I love Mel That's Brooks'. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I can't yeah. be too mad, you know, but, uh, yeah, it was very, very weird. And, you know, other stuff that they repeat for the, the, uh, they do the Hedley bit, um, with Pikachu where he keeps calling oh, him Pikachu. Yeah. Um, which, you know, kind, kind of funny. Like it's, some of them are like kind of funny, but the movie like doesn't like, capture the sense of anarchy that blazing saddles has no. you know that movie feels like just completely balls-to-the-wall nuts and really fun and wild this movie does not uh, it, it feels very sanitized because it is a sanitized version of blazing saddles <laughs> there is one
1: the you know the, the duality of of this movie i think is there's the one scene where um ricky gervais uh Ikechi, right he is going through his palace and showing off i've built the show the grandest palace and look at this i called it the Super Bowl. And it's just a big toilet. Yeah. And it's like, this is not a joke. This is nothing. Um, <laughs> but then uh, the other one, the other end, I think, is when uh, it's the shogun and a secretary and she's like, oh, we've got you on line one. And it's like a literally a line of guys playing telephone. That was really funny. I That's didn't pretty funny.
0: That yeah, that was good. <laughs> that
1: and was there's, good. There's stuff. a moment
0: later when they cut the telephone line and they just knock one cat over. <laughs> yeah. That's very funny and clever. Um <laughs> And, uh, you know, so that's the duality of this movie, I guess. Yes, uh, there, there was also one joke that really made me laugh, um, which is what, during um, Hank's like kind of big speech at the end um, where he's like kind of rallying the town together and he says, life is short and this movie is only 85 minutes long, so we need to <laughs> rally together. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Uh, and then they follow up on that again, like I think with Mel Brooks at the end, he's like, oh yeah, we're at the 85 minute mark, so we got to wrap this <laughs> This yeah, up. Uh, and truly, I mean, the movie I think is like eighty-seven minutes or something. Like, I I thought it was like an hour forty-five, and it turns out there's like thirteen minutes of credits. And uh, they even say that in that in that moment where he's like, "This movie's only eighty-five minutes, not counting the credits." Yes, uh. <laughs> <laughs> it is um, very funny. Yeah, there is a post-credit scene, by the way. I don't know if you stuck oh, around for gosh. that. I sh- no, I didn't. <laughs> uh, post-credit scene is uh, Ricky Gervais in his like cell at the end, being like, "Oh well, at least I don't have to be in the sequel or something like something along those lines." Uh, sure. It was. It was not worth the 13-minute wait. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Michelle Yeoh is in this movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, so what, what, what did you think of Michelle Yeoh in Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank, Mike? I think Yuki
1: really is the glue that holds this whole – no. Um, <laughs> she's fine. I mean she's like – she's barely in it. She's It's really only in the equivalent scene when they're in the church after the – thugs have beaten everybody up in the town and they're like, we need a sheriff. Right. And that whole thing yeah. uh, in blazing saddles. And they, they throw the bomb in the, uh, yeah, that whole thing. Um, so it's the t- big town meeting and, and she's talking about, you know, well, we we need somebody that'll protect us because the samurai has left, abandoned us or whatever. Um, and she's, I guess fine. You can tell it's Michelle. Yo, that's kind of cool. I'm like, hell cool, cool, neat. Um, and then, like I said, there's a bunch of times where Yuki is, on screen just with no lines and yeah. like interacting with people, like coming and saving Emiko and cause Emiko like wants to be the samurai. So she's talking to Hank all the time and right. You know, Oh, you can't go, you can't go near him. Right. So it's like Yuki coming out all mad and like scooting Emiko away, but without saying anything, <laughs> it's just the weirdest thing ever. There's really nothing here to,
0: uh, you know, analyze. There, there, uh, there truly isn't. I mean, even less so than minions, the rise of Gru, where at least she plays like a substantial role in the minions lives. <laughs> Yeah, you know, <laughs> right. She advances the plot in some way. Yeah. Uh, in this, I mean, she really is just um, barely in the film and gets a couple of lines just as this person's mother uh, says stuff like, you know, this town is in danger or something. And there's one point, I think, when um, she like offers something up to Hank as a reward for defeating Sumo as like a peace offering. Um, yeah. But I don't think you even hear Michelle Yeoh speak in that scene. I think it's just Emiko being like, my mom wanted me to give you this. That sounds right. Yeah. And they do that bit. Where, you know, uh, in,
1: in Blazing Saddles, where like I think the guy or the old woman brings him a pie. She's like, you'll have the decency not to mention this, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they do that in in
0: um, P- Pulse of Fury, The Legend of Hank, of yes, course. Yes, between uh, Chuck Chuck and Ichiro, Asif Manvi and uh, Gabriel Iglesias do that bit. Uh, yeah. which And and truly, at, at some point, points in the movie it feels like they are the only townspeople like they are the only people in the town
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely they're definitely the ones that talk the most uh yeah and that's really it as far as the town people go and samuel jackson i guess you know
0: yeah uh also i, I did want to talk about uh, sam jackson as well uh and i don't know rewatching blazing saddles um a great movie really yeah. really fun uh, very funny movie uh and I, I think what struck me the most in the rewatch is that um Sheriff Bart and Jim, the Waco kid, they have like an immediate friendship or like they they come to terms with each other pretty quickly and uh, they just become like equals pretty much. Right. Uh, and I think it's weird that in this movie, they're not really equals. It's a mentor, it's a mentor-mentee kind of relationship. Yeah. Um, Sam, Sam Jackson becomes Michael Sarah's like kind of mentor, the person training him to become a samurai uh, who's clearly better at him than everything and is always looking down upon him. And like uh, <laughs> against his will also. Yeah, that. And it just feels like very like, antithetical to the the great friendship that is that has blossomed between uh between those two characters in blazing saddles which is like a a, watching blazing saddles it's not like the movie does a lot to like make you believe like yeah this is a great friendship it's all like in their performances like they just like they have a very easy chemistry together uh and then it kind of builds toward the end where they just ride off into the sunset together and it's great and they they ride their horses and then get into a car get into the Uh, car right off yeah Yeah, I mean,
1: it all stems from that one scene where they're playing chess, right? And, and like, he proves that he's the Waco kid. Right. Uh, and after that, Bart's like, I'm in. Like, we can v- v- I'll help you, right? Or whatever. And then they help each other and become friends out of that. Yeah. Um, and in this movie, it's Jimbo just, like, being an asshole. Like, fuck you, fuck you, kid, basically, <laughs> is his whole thing. And makes him sign the contract that, like, if you fail, I can leave you forever and, like, all that yeah. stuff, right? And then the movie, uh, you know, breaks the fourth wall with, he's like, oh, the, that's, that's the training montage music. Can't we just skip past all this? Right. And all that stuff, which is like kind of funny, but yeah, I don't know. D- having Samuel Jackson felt like a, a, a strange choice. I don't know if it's like a wink to him
0: being Afro samurai. If you remember, if you've ever seen I that, I kind of thought about that. Cause one of his first lines is with the word samurai in it. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's
1: a, uh, yeah. He's, that's a great anime. If you've, ever, if you've ever, seen it, um, it's only like, I think six episodes. And, really? and the movie okay. yeah. yeah and it's really awesome and he's he's samurai on it uh, um so yeah i don't know if that was like sort of what that was about or why he like you know why they would cast him as this role Uh um, and but I, when he when he does the uh flashback with him in the shogun well he doesn't know he's the shogun yet but uh his friend and like <laughs> it's a it's a surprise birthday party and he thinks it's an ambush. So he just like slaughters everybody at the birth. Per- well, yes. Nobody really dies in this movie, I guess, even though they're all using samurai swords. Um, Cause it's well, yeah, a kid's movie. I,
0: I think he spayed everybody at the party. I think he it's says, the, it's yeah, the joke, I sp- right? spayed and
1: neutered the in-laws. Yeah. <laughs> it's just pretty funny. And then that, that like, kind of like weird noir flashback and, and the use of like, then cutting back to the present and they're watching a projector, <laughs> which is why it has that noir <laughs> feel to it. Oh, um, right. well, that's, okay. And, and Sammy Jackson's good in it. It's just the, that really, yeah, the relationship is very strange and it's like weirdly antagonistic for
0: the backbone of this movie. Yes. I think a lot of the voice work is pretty unremarkable. I think a lot of the animation is not very, is not great. Um, but I do think there are moments in the movie where it switches to 2d animation when it like becomes hand-drawn 2d animation. Uh, and you have that in the flashbacks mostly, um, which, uh, Hank's flashback is just West side story. They're even playing the score from West side story in his Mm -hmm. flashback. Yeah. Um, they're snapping uh, and, as they walk down the alleyway like, Yeah, and yeah. you're hearing like do 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 do. Uh and yeah, it's it's doing that and then yeah, well, Jim Jimbo's flashback is the uh noir thing. And then the opening credits, I thought were pretty cool. Like I was pretty yeah. pretty into the opening credits and I liked the Blazing Samurai song. Uh and when it started, I was like is this going to secretly be pretty good? Like I I had, I had hopes. My hopes were lifted. Yeah. Uh <laughs> for Pause of Fury. Uh so whenever it was like in 2D, I was like you know what? I still think it's a, it a weird choice to adapt *Blazing Saddles* into a, a kids' movie. Um, but if it has cool, stylish 2D animation, then maybe I can get into it. Uh, and it doesn't have enough of that. It's uh, no. <laughs> like every once in a while it dips its toe into there, but then it's like just the pretty, like flat 3D uh, CGI animation that d- doesn't look super great. And they do this. They do the bit. Where it's the dog riding into town. Yeah, you got to talk about this bit. I can't,
1: I can't uh, accept that this is
0: real. I, I watched my, this. I, my mouth was agape watching it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I was just like, how, how is this a thing?
1: <laughs> where, so in the movie, Hank has been assigned to the samurai by, by uh, Ikachu to, to get him, he, the, so the townsfolk will kill him, right? At least that's the plot from Blazing Saddles, right? Yeah he can destroy the town afterwards because it'll be a lawless hellhole. So towns, the townsfolk knew, know their new Samurais coming. They're all, they're all gathered at the entrance of the town with the, the band and the streamers. And they're doing the whole thing. And uh, somebody looks with the telescope. I think it's Emika, right? It's looking with the telescope uh, and she sees Hank and she says, the Samurais, a dog, but they hit the gong, right? when she says dog. So they don't understand what she's saying. Yeah. And in blazing saddles, <laughs> it is that exact setup except it's the sheriff is an N word. And I could not believe that this movie is just straight up doing the same dialogue, <laughs> the same thing
0: just with the word dog. What yeah. is like, going on? Taking an extremely racially charged joke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cause, uh oh. they
1: think the, sh- they think the samurai is a dong is what she said. It's like, what is
0: going on? Um, <laughs> And I can't believe that that's real and yeah. in a movie for children. Yeah, it happens. Pause of Fury, the Legend of Hank gets out. How do you think this fits into the Michelle Yo roles that we've seen so far? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I guess it,
1: I guess it fits right in there with minions too, right in there with, um, that Frank Grillo boss level, uh, you know, where she's just in it for 30 seconds. Sure. Like, like a disrespectful 30 seconds, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> And other things of that ilk. Um, not quite like Mechanic Resurrection, even though that is a complete waste of Michelle Yeoh. She's in, you know, she's got some runtime. <laughs> That's <laughs> um, true. Yeah. So at least there's that going for her. It is it is very interesting. I mean, who knows when when she recorded or was attached to this movie, but to have it be like everything everywhere all at
0: once. Minions. <laughs> a Legend of Hank. Like, what is going on? <sighs> Uh, Uh, Yeah, I mean, obviously, both of these movies uh, and, you know, Legend of Hank especially, like, was first announced in 2014. Uh, Who knows when any of these cast members um, recorded their lines of dialogue? Like, she could have recorded it in 2014. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and, like, maybe she's a main cast in that movie. (laughs) Like, who
1: knows what got cut up and chopped up and reused?
0: I I have a theory that perhaps uh, she, you know, recorded some stuff way back when. Like, her, her performance was done... You know, in like 2015, 2016. And she did it then. That's my theory. And then 2018 comes around. Crazy Rich Asians comes out. Suddenly, Michelle Yeoh is has her is a little more recognized in the States. She gets more like name recognition. People are like kind of remembering like, oh, my God, I love Michelle Yeoh. She's great. Let's cast her in everything. Uh, and suddenly, she costs more money. Uh, mm. And so now there are script rewrites, but they can't afford Michelle Yeoh anymore. <laughs> Interesting. That's That's my theory um that like at some point the script was rewritten and uh they would have liked to have michelle yo back however she probably cost like her star rose considerably in that like eight year span yeah uh, when this from when this movie first came out uh and so my theory is that at some point the script was rewritten they couldn't afford michelle Yeoh, and so she didn't come back to record any additional dialogue they just had to work with what they had from the previous uh script makes but sense that's my guess that, yeah. That's baseless speculation. I have no idea if that's actually true.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean that you know that kind of thing happens. Um, I was just listening to um, I don't remember what podcast, and they were talking about Thin Red Line, which I haven't seen in a really long time. But I guess I didn't know that that originally starred Adrian Brody. He was supposed and, to be the main character, I think, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and they were talking about that. I think uh, Terrence Malick was like filming the second unit stuff or whatever with Jim Caviezel, uh, and was like. Forget Adrian Brody. <laughs> just like, <laughs> uh, just in the edit,
0: changed his mind um, and made it about Jimmy Beasle instead. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, so that's that kind of something that Malik does a lot, actually. That's something that's very much baked into his process of being like, if I find an interesting enough looking butterfly, I'm going to film that instead. Uh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just that, that, that field of wheat. Oh baby, yes. Um,
1: so yeah, and that's maybe, why he's one of the best. <laughs> maybe maybe there's a Malik situation going on with, you know, like v- there's a, there's a version of this potentially in your mind where Michelle Yeoh's Jimbo, <laughs> or you know, not Jimbo I mean, literally,
0: but that type of character. I mean, that certainly would have made more sense than having Sam Jackson be that character. <laughs> yeah right so who knows uh yeah very very strange uh any other scenes in Pause of fury that we feel that we feel like we need to cover mike anything that uh we haven't covered yet i mean i guess it's like a big like literal toilet humor <laughs> having the the end of the
1: movie be that the super bowl a giant toilet uh overflows and floods the palace and the town uh and all that stuff is interesting choice uh and you know they have to come together and dig a moat, but cats don't dig, goddammit, uh, and, and that's sort of the what he Hank is able to rally the town together around, right. accepting our differences and coming together, and they can dig like dogs for this chance, and they, they dig a moat or trench or whatever, and save the town from the flood. So that's fun.
0: I don't know. I would have preferred a pie fight. I guess <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, it's just—it's too sincere for being a Blazing Saddles remake. You I think know, so, it's, yeah. it's too genuine in its in its try, in its attempt at uh, creating emotion and like kind of trying to bring all these characters together and put aside their differences and all that kind of stuff. Because that's not like like yes, the town accepts Bart as their sheriff at the end of the movie, but like I don't know, putting aside their differences is not necessarily what Blazing Saddles is about. <laughs> like it's it, like it's more about just like. Using this Western as a backdrop for crazy Looney Tunes antics.
1: You have to remember, they're the they're the salt of the earth, but they're stupid people.
0: What's yeah. the line? I forget that. <laughs> the salt of the earth. The common clay of the New West. That's it. You know,
1: morons.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Common clay of the New West is just a mud. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a perfect uh, turn of phrase. So so good. I was also disappointed. I mean, I, I don't think Ricky Gervais is is given it as all in this movie, <laughs> you know. No. Uh, and I'm not a big fan of Ricky Gervais as an actor anyway. Um, but there's uh, they don't make him do uh, the line. My favorite line in Blazing Saddles, uh, which is when um, <laughs> uh, Hedley Lamar says, "Now go do that voodoo." <laughs> That you do so well. Uh, and I don't think Ricky Gervais like matched the energy level in this movie to even try to attempt that line. <laughs> no, not even a little bit, but they do have that like uh, the, the Rose gallery of, of,
1: of villains uh, scene. Um, but this one's modern cause they include studio executives. Ooh, how clever, <laughs> how timely for the strike, um, <laughs> which is very interesting. Yeah. But Uh, yeah, that's all I can think about too in that scene is like, you're not going to do the, go do the voodoo that you do so well. Like you're (laughs) not going to include that.
0: It's a, it's a weird like dichotomy this movie creates where we're both like, yeah, it's, it's too busy trying to recreate scenes from *Blazing Saddles*. But also, why didn't you do the scene? <laughs> yeah.
1: Why didn't you do the best one? two of the best ones? Yeah, <laughs> Mad- Madeline Kahn one and the Voodoo scene. Uh, yes. Line. Yeah.
0: If, if, like if you're gonna go and do the N-word joke with the dog, like replace the N-word with dog. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> just go all the way. Do everything. Just do. <laughs> just do all the movie. <laughs> it's just truly an insane. Experiment of a film. Yeah. Um, uh, yes. And <laughs> maybe just like we're not prepared for as a society. You know? maybe, yeah. Maybe we just weren't ready for that yet, but our kids are going to love it. Who knows? Exactly. <laughs> Uh yeah, Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank. I don't know anything else that we should talk about, Mike. Should we just talk about Blazing Saddles? What a good movie! I, that yeah, is. let's just watch
1: Blazing Saddles.
0: <laughs> uh yeah, I, I highly recommend rewatching Blazing Saddles. Um, like I said, it was never one of like my Mel Brooks movies. Um, but rewatching it, and I'm like could be i don't know it, it's it's great it's super it's fun the verge it's 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 climbing the cusp of of being my one of my mel brooks movies um we're also playing young frankenstein at the roxy this month and i'm very excited about that nice
1: yeah they, they keep doing the the car joke right because they're like somebody's got a gun and they're like what's what is this and in in, in uh, legend of hank right and he's like don't yeah. worry guns don't kill cats only cars and curiosity do like what's a car he's like careful you're being curious um yeah. <laughs> which is pretty funny but then they just keep like referencing cars and it's like kind of gets old and weird <laughs> it's like yeah it's, but that, that this
0: car shows up at the end right isn't mel brooks in a car
1: yeah well then, so they do this thing that's actually like a little bit funny where it's like the uh where it's like guys carrying a throne on a on sticks uh palan palanquin or something like that yeah I think. okay but like it's a stretch limo shaped one of those things. So it's like guys carrying it on. Right. On sticks. Oh, but somebody says like, now that's a car because I think he runs over Hank or he, somebody he runs somebody over with that. So it's this weird and inacry- even though there's the, the cop car bit earlier, <laughs> it's like what's going on? In this
0: Again, very weird. <laughs> very strange. <laughs> very wild to watch that uh, in this children's movie. Uh, all right. Should we get in some letterbox reviews, Mike? Yes, I am. I am very curious to know what the popular culture of writ large has to say about legend of Hank. Absolutely. Uh, pretty much, uh, they're, they're all negative (laughs) reviews, negative reviews. I can tell you that much. All right. Uh, here's a one and a half star review from Max Ivanov. I wish I could make this up, but they gave the kids promotional whoopee cushions. (laughs) And throughout the screening, there were just fart noises scattered across the theater. (laughs) I mean, that kind of tracks. That makes sense, right?
1: (laughs) It's a whole fart scene. You know what? Yes. You know what? Even even the fart scene in L- Pause of Fury Legend of Hank is worse.
0: Yeah. It, it doesn't even compare. Because, <laughs> like,
1: the whole thing in the fart scene in Blazing Saddles is nobody reacts. It's just, like, stone, nobody moving, they all, except for when they lift their leg to fart, right? And they yeah. this, they like all start giggling, and it's the army, and they're, like, farting on torches, so they're exploding, and you yeah. are just like, what is going on? Tone it down. I need my minimalist fart jokes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Couldn't put it better myself. Uh, here's a one and a half star review from Kev Flicks and Chill. Youngest son had his birthday party a little early since he's going to be out of town on his actual birthday. He had four boys sleepover, and we all went and saw Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank, at the local cinema. The nice thing about summer birthdays is we're not limited to weekends or sleepovers, so this was a nice little Monday sleepover. As for this movie, (laughs) um, it has no business playing on the big screen. (laughs) It it has a five star voice cast that is completely wasted on an utterly blah story. I can normally muster at least a two star rating with my kids at least enjoy the movie, which these boys very much did. But I fell asleep for about 15 minutes midway through this one. I never fall asleep at the theater. Add in that they played a Big Nate short film before the movie started, eight to ten minutes maybe, uh, which I think Big Nate, like a Nickelodeon show that's airing right uh, these days. um, All right. Sure. Yeah. So there, uh, I guess the, there was a short before the movie. Uh, plus 18 minutes of trailers, including one for an I got awful looking Lyle Lyle crocodile. <laughs> and uh, this just might be my least favorite theater experience for the year. If your kids are eager to see this, please encourage them to wait for streaming. What a dig at Lyle Lyle crocodile. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I did see the trailer for that one a couple of times, and I also yeah. thought it looked bad, but uh, I I haven't had the chance to watch it. <laughs> Me either. You know what I just remembered? The club scene in this movie when they oh yeah to, they kind of like switch out the Madeline Kahn scene for like a scene where Hank is at a nightclub right yeah and it's a uh, Gangnam
1: style like yes. dro-
0: dance sequence, like in
1: 2022 <laughs> yeah. nine years after the release of Gangnam Style <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like what the fuck and that's the scene where like you know uh, the the bandits attack the town but he's out yes. uh, at the club so they all blame him just what the fuck? Anyway, yes, absolutely. I just wanted to mention Gangnam Style.
0: Yeah, definitely a weird choice. uh Here's a one and a half star review from Griffin Newman of the Blank Check podcast. Uh, I knew this was based on Blazing Saddles, but was not expecting it to basically be a beat for beat remake, down to certain jokes being repeated verbatim, save for dog replacing the N word. <laughs> <laughs> Same hat, Griffin. Same hat. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I got one more here. It's a one and a half star review from Platy. Watch this quickly fade into obscurity only to resurface as a meme 10 years later. Well, that is the movie's best shot at cultural relevance I think cuz if like 10 years from now somebody like, you know, takes a still from the movie, it becomes a meme and suddenly like pause of fury heads start to kind of <laughs> start to <yeah>. come
1: <laughs> just the 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 kids raised on pause of fury on repeat Forever, yes.
0: it, it becomes the thing like B movie, where like every time they say the word B, it gets faster or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah that, That's going to be the thing with Pause of Fury. <laughs> it's going to be great
1: um whatever non-existent Twitter replacement or whatever. That's yes. where it'll, that's where it'll thrive.
0: Yes, absolutely. uh Yeah, Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank, not a great film. uh My my only hope is that it at least gets some kids to watch Blazing Saddles at some point. You know, some kids to watch. Blazing Saddles. Well, yeah, you know, you get. <laughs> It's so like some
1: real, just some toddler, real toddler Blazing Saddles.
0: <laughs> at least get them familiar with the concept. And then at some point later, they're going to be like, oh, hey, this is the movie that Positive Fury the Legend of Hank is based on. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, so hopefully that happens, you know, and, and, you know, Blazing Saddles can transcend generations and all that kind of stuff. It is fun. You know, there, there's always the uh, the recurring bit online. Uh, like every, every once in a while, like every few months, you hear somebody be like, uh, they could never make Blazing Saddles today, you know, that like that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's clear that they can. They did right. it. <laughs> They um, have. They, <laughs> they did. They have. Pause of Fury, The Legend of Thank. Oh, my God. <laughs> a very different film. But still, they, they made Blazing Saddles today. All the screenwriters of Blazing Saddles are credited.
1: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I think the real takeaway is that I didn't know Richard Pryor was... One of the screenwriters on Blazing Saddles.
0: Oh, I think he was actually, I believe, originally supposed to play Sheriff Bart. I think he was. Yeah. Uh, And then I think maybe scheduling or whatever, like he dropped out at the last minute or whatever. But yeah, he was one of the five screenwriters of Blazing Saddles. That
1: makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the where this falls in the, the Richard Pryor, Gene Wilder collab.
0: But they made a lot of movies together. They certainly did. Yeah. I think this would have been before any of the movies that they made together, but it would oh, okay. it, like, but it's still like it would have it would have been the first one, like I think. Yeah. Uh and yeah, they did make a bunch together. Um, but yeah. Blazing saddles, good movie. Pause of Fury, less good movie.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think about that opening scene of uh uh Blazing Saddles a lot when he rides past, is it Count Basie? <laughs> like who's the like leading the band in the desert? The string band, the big band? Oh yeah, yeah. And he's just wearing the Gucci velour <laughs> 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 uh suit. And it, or, or he's got the floor suit and says Gucci on a saddle or, or whatever. Anyway, let's watch Blazing Saddles. Yeah, it was
0: w- when I rewatched it, I was kind of like, you know, I, I remember like certain bits from the movie, but not not a lot of bits, like you know, really in my head. And then the movie started, and one of the first line is like, uh, like, what in the wide world of sports is going on here? Oh, they say that in this movie. I which, forgot about that. Which they also say in this movie. Uh, <laughs> I think Mel Brooks no says sense. it in this one. <laughs> it's uh, not and, 1974. It doesn't. Yeah. Un- <laughs> uh but as as soon as that like that line kicked in i was like i'm in for a good time with blazing saddles i'm (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh you know because it it was one of those things where like you know i hadn't seen it in like six seven years at this point and i was like i don't know how does this hold up like you know just yeah you know all that kind of thing but it holds up really well blazing saddles terrific yes good movie yeah um but yeah they do say what in the wild world sports uh in Pause of Fury and yeah I'm pretty sure Mel Brooks is the one that says it in this one Um, in this one yeah yeah and and, but it's at the end of the movie instead of the beginning Uh, it's just like it's like the end of the movie is like throwing in as many last minute references to Blazing Saddles as it possibly can (laughs) absolutely yeah (laughs) Uh, and which was which what makes it so weird is that like when the movie came out like none of the marketing like mentioned Blazing Saddles at all the trailer like the, definitely did not trailer include. didn't poster didn't, you know, n- n- like I think they like realized how insane of an idea it was. And they're like, we can't, we have to distance ourselves from this movie as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. hundred <laughs> um, percent. But there it is. All right. Pause of fury. The legend of Hank. We've done it, Mike. We did it. I wish it was
1: better. I, I wish it could have been my secret favorite movie of the final stretch of
0: the pod. That would have been hilarious. I, I would like nothing more than for, for the kid friendly remake of blazing saddles to have been a secret masterpiece. Yeah. Um, uh, but unfortunately this is the world we live in. Uh, so Mike D where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MD film blog on Twitter
1: and letterboxd. You can also find me at MD film blog, uh, dot social on blue sky. Also, potentially RIP letterbox who didn't even talk about that on Mike and Mike go to the movies
0: uh, yeah I guess they got bought out by some kind of corporation or whatever yeah, it was yeah some
1: right? kind of fucking venture capitalist bullshit uh, so they'll probably add DMs and stories and all that shit that nobody likes about social networks right um, so anyway you can also donate to support the show at our Ko-fi page ko-fi.com slash Mike and Mike pods you, uh, you can also uh, buy merch if you want merch at our Redbubble which is Mike and
0: Yes, it is. All right. You can find me online at MSmithFilmBlog, uh, Radio Mike Sandwich, Instagram, Mike Smith Film on Letterboxd. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Complete Works. I'm Mike Smith. It's Mike show. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, you can tweet at us at Complete Works Pod. That's W-R-K-S. No O in the word works. And you can find the rest of our podcast in Rapture Press alongside many other podcasts all kinds of comic books and movie news and all that good stuff. Our theme song was created by Kyle Cullen. You can reach for your own podcast themes at Kyle's Podcast Theme. At gmail.com, and our logo was designed by Mac V or at Freeless Guard on Twitter. I was thinking about the Wide World of Sports line, that's why I, that's why <laughs> I know, I But imagine <laughs> it as Slim Pickens. What in the wild, yeah. wild world of sports is going on here? So great. good! Great line. Uh, join us in the next week on the Complete Works. Uh, Michelle Yo reuniting with Paul feig uh, who directed last Christmas. Great, great yeah question mark? question mark we'll see uh this is the uh, the paul feig movie i have not seen because i was saving it for the michelle yo podcast uh the say netflix original the school for good and evil is oh, the uh, yeah. is the movie that we're talking about and it's going to be episode 50 of the michelle yo podcast momentous yes absolutely uh and remember to check out our other podcasts might Mike, Mike, go to the movies for all kinds of other movie related stuff including recent releases ranked lists general discussions and a lot more so thanks so much for listening guys and thanks for taking it yo